Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measure. I'm your host, Jo Milmine, and this is episode 159. It's October, the month of socks. I feel a need to laugh again with you, if that's alright. I need a drink, I need a friend, I need your help, I want to smile Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 159 of the Shiny Bees podcast. I am Jo, your host, and today is October the 6th, 2020. How are you? I hope you've been well since last time I spoke to you. Back again today with a little bit of a small gals board of different random bits and pieces, along with some sock type pointers and direction back to some previous episodes with some good sock content because at the moment it is October which means it is Socktober, Stoptober, so before October but it's not the one where they grow the beards is it? That's November, Movember, not Movember yet, not Movember, I think I did an episode on Movember at one point um, but the pattern pick based on moustaches. And if I've not, then I'm going to do one in November. November, come in. Anyway, yeah, Socktober as it is. And this is the month dedicated to all things sock, all things knitted sock. So today I thought I would put some sock content together for you. And then I realised that I've actually got a ton of back catalogue with sock related goodness in them. And I know from my own listening of podcasts and also from what some of the new listeners have told me that people don't go back necessarily to number one. You've got to be a special and dedicated person to go back to number one and listen to them all the way through. Most people just kind of start where they are and work backwards if they like it. And because I throw caution to the wind with most things involving SEO in this podcast. (laughs) Surprising number of listeners do come from the SEO considering (laughs) that I could have been a lot more strategic about titles of episodes and everything else. But I do actually have quite a lot of back catalogue where we talk about different sock related subjects. Now, what I might do over Socktober is pull some of these old conversations and slot them in in case we have any new listeners that appear. But in today's episode, I am going to direct you to some previous episodes where if you've not listened to them, you could go back and listen to them now. And if you have listened to them, it might be a good opportunity to review some of them because some of these episodes are like six years old. Nobody, I mean, I can't remember last week. I don't know about any of you at the moment, but the world appears to be moving so quickly that, you know, I can't always remember stuff that I've listened to before. Other than the plot of Ban- Ben Aronovich's novels, which is something I'll come on to at some stage, I'm sure. Having a little bit of a, a tizzy because he seems to have forgotten his done things in previous books. And I'm like, hold on a minute, that got burned out. Hold on a minute, who's looking after the Russian witch? Like, where did she go to? So, yeah, it gets a little bit stressful. So, you know, you might not realise 
that some of this stuff is there and obviously I can bring some of it forward again and you can listen to it again. Some of it's really good, in particular the sock surgery, which I did way back in 2014, I think, 14, 15, with Claire Devine, who's an absolute legend. She's also been on the show twice before because we adore Claire. She's flipping awesome. So yeah, that's what we'll be talking about today. So grab yourself a brie. And let's get cracking. So in today's socky socky content, I will start off with that and then I'll roll to some general chit chat, um, some, you know, few few bits and pieces that have been happening and um, some resources not to do with socks that I would like to point you in the direction of. So yeah, cool. Okay, so when it comes to all things sock, I do love a bit of sock knitting and Socktober is the perfect time if you've not knitted socks before for you to give it a bash. And if you have knitted socks previously, to throw some more on the needles. And and the thing about socks is everyone's got a different opinion and they're quite vigorous opinions because Socks is one of the big places where the whole DPNs versus circulars in the needles conversation comes up. And there are lots and lots of different methods available for knitting your socks. I am a DPNs girl. I love the feeling of playing kaplunk when I'm knitting something. And I I get a bit bored of using magic circle. So DPNs are double-pointed needles. They're the ones that you'll have seen your granny using quite often. They tend to be a little bit more old-fashioned. I'm not a fan of the metal ones. I am a fan of the Knit Pro Symphony ones. I've tried the Chowgu metal ones, don't like those. Tried bamboo ones, don't like those. Too bendy. Um, so the, the Knit Pro Symphony, the coloured ones, are my sort of go-to needles for knitting socks. I have been known to knit with Magic Circle with a circular needle with a long um, wire on it, long cable, cable's the word I'm looking for, on it. And you can use that to knit in the round by sort of knitting one down one side, pulling out the needle, turning it round and knitting down the other side. It is easier in some respects because you're not trying to mind four needles at once. But since when have I I've been a person that likes to take the simple route when it comes to my knitting? I find it a little bit boring to do magic circle. It's just a bit, it's just not really for me. Don't I can do it, don't mind it. Happy to knit in the round using circular needles. I never use straight needles, so I always use circulars even if I'm knitting backwards and forwards and not in the round. I just don't really enjoy them for knitting socks but I know a lot of people do obviously you can knit two at a time don't bother with that too fussy for me like just knit one then knit the other whatevs but a lot of people do like to do that because obviously it overcomes that whole second sock syndrome where you've knitted one and then you don't want to knit the other and also you can make sure they're the same size quite easily by knitting two at a time there are the little miniature needles I have reviewed these before so these are a little tiny circular needle um the exact size of like a sock so very very short instead of a long cable that you pull out and pull round these little tiny ones you go round and round on 
Some of them are uh, have one needle longer than the other. Like the, I, I remember, um, I, I haven't got this in the list actually, I should look it up, but I, I reviewed a set of Kinky Amibari circular needles uh, for knitting socks and they were quite good actually, but I found you had to knit them inside out for them to work and they had one needle that was longer than the other. And so you can use those. And also I've just been sent, I've not even tried them myself yet, but I've just been sent a pair to try by my dear, dear friend Liz, which are like, flexible dpns for knitting socks so it's like a circular needle like wiggly in the middle with a cable but the length of a dpn i know i'm not i'm not quite sure how i feel about that and i've not i've not got to try them yet because i'm still a little bit aghast at the very concept but that you know that's another method you can try so if you've tried knitting socks before and haven't enjoyed it then maybe consider trying a different needle technique or a different knitting technique in order to do your socks. And if you've tried toe up, maybe try cough down because I think it is really very much about finding the type of technique and the type of yarn and the type of needle that works best for you. And that's definitely something that Claire talked about a lot in during the sock surgery that we recorded it was like a series of episodes that we recorded so um episode 27 of this podcast talks about toe up or cuff down for socks and the relative advantages and disadvantages of each method Uh, 29 talks about making socks that fit because if you've tried socks before it isn't always that straightforward to get socks that fit sometimes they're too baggy sometimes they're too tight and depending on whether they're too baggy or too tight, they will wear differently. Um, they might rub, they'll wear unevenly, they won't be that comfortable. And that, you know, that can put you off because a socks, a pair of socks still is a reasonable amount of knitting time to commit. So episode 29 will help you to make socks that fit. If you have some problems with your socks and you've not sure how to fix them, then episode 33 talks about how to fix your socks when they go wrong, which is always super useful information. 35 talks about different cast-offs for socks. I know people have often cast off their socks and found them to be very tight then around the cuff, which is not very comfortable. Obviously, things like Kitchener Stitch would be included on that because you're casting off in the opposite direction for a cuff-down sock. Episode 38 talks to Louise Tilbrook, who's a big proponent of socks, has designed lots of sock patterns. You'll probably know her if you recognise the name from the Everyday Knitter group. And she talks a lot about knitting socks and designing and everything in an interview in episode 38. Episode 43 talks about using short rows for socks and how you can use those to help shape different heels and toes and things again with Claire and 53 talks about knitting socks for summer because we can't you know we don't just want to be wearing them for half the year. Episode 62 you will find Kate Atherley who is a very experienced technical editor, sock designer, author, teacher talking about custom socks and how to customize the socks to you, your feet and everything else. 69 is 
knitting socks for men because they require a whole different approach when it comes to wearing socks, types of yarn and everything else because they wear their socks differently. Um, and episode 68, we've got an episode with, with uh, an episode, an interview rather, with Rachel Coopey who talks about designing socks and she's got her own range of yarns as well that is used for knitting socks. So bags and bags of episodes there for you to be going at there's like 10 there and they aren't by, by any means the only times that we've talked about socks and some of the other episodes will have different bits and pieces in them but they are a good bomb bomb start of a 10 when it comes to some good already existing content from this podcast that will help you on your sock knitting journey now if you haven't started knitting socks at all my recommendation is always Very Pink Knits and she has some awesome tutorials on how to knit socks. I knit my very first pair of socks following one of her tutorials and they I've still got them now. Regia, so it'll outlast the eventual heat death of the universe. That Regia yarn is indestructible. It's 75% wool, 25% nylon, so a very solid sock blend. I appreciate some people don't like to use nylon in their socks, if you go to the choosing yarn for socks episode, then, you know, there's some chat in that about what is the, you know, what is the best yarn to use when you're knitting a sock? And the answer is it depends what the sock is for. 75-25 is a really great workhorse, sock suitable yarn that is the right mix of hard wearing from the nylon and warmth from the wool. But obviously it does have that synthetic content. You don't by any means have to only use wools that have got a nylon content if you're going to make socks. If you get a high twist, long staple yarn, like a high twist blue face Leicester, for instance, that will also make really great socks. Um, there are lots of other harder wearing wools that you can use that are spun specifically to be suitable for socks. Um and, you know, there's no rules here. If you want to knit socks out of alpaca, 100% alpaca that's loosely spun, you can. You can do it. You know, we're not the knitting police. Like, you can knit whatever you want out of whatever you want. You just need to be aware that those socks might not last as well. They might not wear as well. They will, you know, they might go baggier quicker. Just accept that there will be different properties according to which yarn you've used to make the socks. I quite like using yarns with silk in. Um, if you get one with a decent spin on it, you can also make socks that have got silk in them. Again, you're trading off the the properties of the resulting fabric, but silk is, is hard wearing too, you know. So depending on how it's spun, that they can also last quite nicely. There is an episode that was written for... November about different um yarns uh, different breeds for socks I think Claire wrote that actually I'm pretty sure I wrote one about blue uh, beyond blue face Leicester I will put links to both of those in the show notes as well you'll have to forgive me it was quite a long time ago and they've just popped into my head but I know Claire definitely wrote an article about using different breed yarns or using yarns without nylon in for knitting socks which would obviously be a good resource as well if you are wanting to do that and you don't want to have the synthetics in with your yarns like i said though regia is an opal german sock yarns they are machine dyed on massive machines 
they are 75 25 normally they're affordable it is indestructible like those yarns will go on forever so if you know you're not sure and you just want to try it or the person you're knitting them for wears very hardly on their socks or they don't look at they don't like to look after fancy yarns or whatever then that's always what i recommend is red gear as a brand to start off with your sock knitting it's it's just super easy the last they forgive you doing anything to them and it's affordable so that's my recommendation for yarn anyway so yeah all that is to say is you've got those 10 episodes there to kind of get you going. If you have any specific sock questions that you want answered or any, you know, burning sock questions, then you can send them to me. It's info at shinybees.com and I will either find the answer or find someone who's a lot more expert in socks than me to give you the answer and, you know, get a bit of chat going regarding that make the most of having that kind of opportunity whilst it's October and everyone is thinking about it. I also really love mohair for socks, hashtag tangent. Uh, you know, I love mohair. I've written, a, again, a couple of episodes about mohair yarns. I think it's mohair. mohair. It was about 67, 65, 67, something like that. And the diamond fibre is known as the diamond fibre because it is super strong. So, you know, I know like mohair is now fashionable again, like holding an extra strand of mohair is now fashionable again with a merino. I'm not surprised because merino just falls to bits, but the diamond fiber is awesome. So any, I think Rowan do a, yeah, I think it's called paint box perhaps, but Rowan do a sock yarn that has, it's spun in South Africa and it does have mohair in it. And that's a great yarn as well for knitting socks. So yeah, anyway. That's my chat on socks. If you've got any really good resources that you would like to share with the rest of the listeners of the podcast and myself, then please do get in touch. You're better off sending them to me info at shinybees.com or even better if you pop over to the Shiny Bees podcast community on Mighty Networks, which is shinybees.com forward slash community. You can get in there. We have a topic for yarn. We've got a topic for tutorials and techniques, tips, how-tos, either of those would be a great option for dropping in your resources to there. So yeah, that's my sock chat for today. On to the general chit-chat. So general chit, general chit-chat, general chit-chat. So how are you getting on? A lot of us are... In the well, lock, locked up, but locked up won't let me out. Oh, unless I'm going to the pub, got locked up. Not that I ever go to the pub, obviously. Anyway, yeah, how you doing? I know some of the listeners, Scruffy Mama, she's been in touch. She's down in Melbourne. They've, they're allowed out now, so she's yeah, a lot happier. We're still all locked up in rainy Lancashire again. Not that I would want to go out. Like the entire place is flooded. It's nothing but rain all day, so dark, so grey, so rainy, I had to put the lamps on because it's been so wet. But yeah, otherwise, been out and about a little bit because I'm going to be abandoned again soon. So I needed to get out and about before I return to drudgery of the highest order. So yeah, all good. I have 
sent the little angels off back to school, sorted all of that stuff out, and bless him, Sammy. He's been helping with my crafting because I have had my sewing machine out the past week because he managed, and I don't know how, other than hashtag being Sam, to somehow on, on the first day of wearing them, rip a hole in the crotch of his school shorts. Can't remember doing it. Don't know how he did it. It just went, mummy. All right, okay. So I've had to reinforce the crotch of his shorts in triplicate stitch to repair those because there's no way he's only getting one wear out of them. They're Teflon, those those shorts. They weren't cheap. John Lewis them, not Asda's. Like, get them back on, you little monkey. Um, so yeah, that's been fun. So they've been they've been doing doing the school, which is good. And kind of to do with that and not to do with that, um, I've also signed up to be a ambassador for raising awareness of DLD, which is developmental language disorder. It used to be called a specific language impairment. And you're probably thinking, I have no idea what you're talking about, Joe. Never heard of it. And that is the entire problem. So my Sammy has got DLD and obviously like vested interest for me to be spreading awareness of it. But I appreciate this is a knitting podcast, but in order to kind of raise awareness of what this thing is and how many people it affects, I'm going to pinch a little bit of your time now because it's entirely likely, given the prevalence of this particular disorder in the general population, it's five times more prevalent than autism. You will know someone who actually has this um, and it may be being diagnosed as something else or suspected as being something else. And it's really important to me to be able to raise awareness of this because very recently we've been on the receiving end of some very judgmental and unfair um, behaviour by actual educators who've judged Sam's ability cognitively on his ability to speak. Um, the two are not the same thing. And it, it I don't even know why you're in education, frankly, if you're going to judge children on what they can't do instead of what they can do. Um, But it's really hurtful and unfair. And, you know, if it affects my child, then the chances are it affects other children. And being someone who's been in education myself for a long time, been a trainer for 20 years now, in, in, in all manner of things, I've taught people to do all sorts of things from flying aircraft to air traffic control to English, you name it, engineering, I've taught all sorts. And it was something that I'd never really heard of because it's just not talked about and it's not understood until it became a lot more of a factor for us. Also, it's pretty soul destroying as a parent. Not, I mean, not that you should kind of like make it about you because you're not the one struggling necessarily, but quite often... And, and I've had it, there's been a, a number of things that have been said to me like, um, his sister just talks for him, he'll grow out of it, don't speak for him, make him say it, he can't say it, he's just lazy, oh, he's just being a boy, um, all of which are absolute horse, That that's not what it was, that's not what it is, they're not going to grow out of it. And people need to stop saying stupid stuff about things they don't understand, which is offensive. 
Um, and part of the, the, the way to do that is to help people understand where they've got a blind spot with regard to this and not come out with old-fashioned silly sayings to people that are thoughtless and, you know, make no make judgments about things they don't understand and you know being told oh we well, just need to talk to him more i'm like have you heard his sister when when she speaks do you think do you think we don't speak to him oh you need to do this oh you need to do that to the point where i now model people's speech when they say something i'll quite often repeat it because it is a habit of repeating things and modeling speech when you've been doing it for seven years you know i, I feel like if people were a bit more aware of it in the way that people are now more aware of dyslexia and autism, then it would be a lot easier for everyone. So that was a very long explanation and not saying it to just like dump it on you, but for you to understand why it's important and that you know what it is. And so you can maybe spot and help some, somebody else who may have this. So what is it? Like you've mentioned it, Joe, but what is it? You've talked around it. What is it? So developmental language disorder is a new term, to replace what used to be known as specific language impairment and it's diagnosed when children fail to acquire their own language for no obvious reasons so it results in children who have difficulty understanding what people say to them and that you know they all they may struggle to articulate their ideas and their feelings and recent research has shown that on average, two children in every class of 30 will experience DLD severe enough to hinder academic progress. So it's one in 14 is, is the average. It's 7% of the population will be affected by DLD. It is not something you grow out of. It's not because you're lazy. It is a thing that you've got. It's a genuine disorder. And there are things you can do to help overcome some of the challenges but it, it, it never goes away it will always be a struggle for you to use language to understand language and it 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 spills over into other areas in particular poor listening quite often children get accused of not paying attention when actually they are trying their hardest to take in what's being said but there is too much being said to them in one go and so they can't I, I, watching a video on it one of the children described it as trying to catch different different bits of kind of lego different blocks which is the speech and they're trying the best to catch it all but there comes a point where their arms are too full and they can't catch any more words and that comes across as not paying attention or not listening and um, also they might not understand what's being said to them which comes across as not listening or not paying attention and it's not that they're not paying attention or not listening they don't understand what's been said to them which is a very different thing. And obviously when you become disengaged from a class, that can result in poor behaviour. So it's got no known cause. It might run in families. It's suspected that Sam's DLD is related to a genetic condition he has, but it might not be, you know, by, it is a separate condition on its own, essentially. But it was in a recent study, it was found in 7.5% of four to five year, year olds. And it affects a child's ability to learn at school because learning is mainly through language. This is where the problem that we come up against with Sam has been that people judge him based on his inability in language or his inability to articulate what he thinks effectively in language. And actually he understands all of it. He just can't remember words sometimes. And he'll give you a full explanation of all the things around it and he can't remember one word. Doesn't mean he doesn't understand. It means he can't remember that one word. You know, that doesn't make him 
less able. It means he can't remember a word. Because it's language, it often affects reading and writing as well. And often you get dyslexia and DLD together um, because language is very important to to your learning, but also your reading and writing. If you can't remember a word, you can't write it down. If you can't construct a sentence because you can't remember the words, you can't write them down. It increases the risk of lower academic achievement for obvious reasons. And it can be quite socially isolating because joining in with conversations and activities is harder when you can't understand language as quickly as other kids. And luckily, it doesn't seem to really affect Sam because he's really sociable and, and everyone likes him, but not necessarily through speech, which is a bit strange, but he's obviously developed methods of communicating around that. He does he does speak, but it's it can be difficult to understand what he says. And he's had a lot of speech and language therapy and, and all that other stuff. So there's some facts about DLD. You can find out more about um raising awareness of developmental language disorder at radld.org. If you or anyone you know is affected by this or you would like to get involved and help to raise awareness by sharing you know, some of the facts around it so people can help to understand what it is. But uh, Developmental Language Disorder Awareness Day is on the 16th of October. So that's what everything is kind of aiming towards. And if you, you know, if your child has this and you, you know, you've struggled with this and you've been told you just need to talk to them more and you just want to punch someone when they say it, um, then feel free to get in touch with me and I'm more than happy to chat with you directly about your experiences because I've been there, dude. I'm there. I'm still there. And it's not, you know, it's not not the end of the world. It's more difficult, but it's definitely not the end of the world. So yeah, in other news, squaring off that circle or circling the circle. What is it when you like you get to the end of the circle? Anyway, I have a new a new love in my life. I'm very excited. His name is Dave and he's a Mini Cooper S. Yes, dear listener, I went and got a Mini Cooper S because I need to just feel young again and Dave makes me very happy. He's absolutely lovely. He doesn't go out in the rain, so he's sat on the driveway splashing around in the puddles at the moment, but he is really, really lovely and it makes me very, very happy to drive him. There have been some definitely more vigorous driving experiences than there have in the full tour of Megane. But yeah, very fun. Including when I went out in him the other day. And obviously I'm in a brilliant mood, right? Because I'm driving Dave the Mini and he's just like, I'm going to put him in sport mode and I'm just going to drive him and it's going to be amazing. I'm going to spend all my pocket money on fuel, but it doesn't matter because I'm happy because I'm driving my Mini. It's a Mini adventure. And so I'm, I'm driving my Mini and I'm like pulling out onto, onto the main road, on onto the roundabout. And then coming around the roundabout the other way, back to where I've just been, is this police car, right? And in the police car is Sergeant Harrison. Now, I'm not, and his colleague, I'm, I'm not on first name terms with the police. I don't have many dealings with the police um, in general because I'm on a lawbreaker much. And yeah, he comes around the corner. So there's me and I'm like in my car and I fully wind the window down and I'm like waving vigorously at him out of my Mini Cooper S. Like nothing looks more guilty than someone waving at the police out of their car, right? Waving at him like I know him, 
like I know him, right? I don't even know this this bloke, right? I only know him off Facebook. This is when you know you need to get out more and you're sort of becoming your mum, right? Because Chorley Police have a Facebook page and he seems to be like the social media rising star. And every now and again, he'll go on some kind of like engagement drive where he becomes engaging on, on, on the Facebook and like every now and again, he'll write a poem about arresting somebody. Not that people get arrested much in Chorley. Like it is hardly the crime hotspot that is Wigan. Like I left Wigan and they were like blowing up, you know, unexploded bombs and pulling terrorists out and all kinds of things. Right. I moved to Chorley and it's like, we found an albino ferret on the A6. Has anybody lost an albino ferret? We've called him Dave. Give us a ring if you want him back. And I'm just like, there is no more northern thing than an albino ferret getting out and being found on the main road by the police, <laughs> calling him Dave. That's not why I called my mini Dave, but Dave the albino ferret, you know, and they go out on the little sort of jaunts doing rural policing and go out with the gamekeepers to do anti-poaching. I don't know what they poach for around here. I've not got any rhinos around here or any elephants. I don't know what they poach for in Chorley, but... They obviously do, they do the, in, enough for the two coppers that work here to have to go on anti-poaching operations. <laughs> like, okay, Sergeant Harrison, mate. But bless him, he does all this stuff on the Facebook page and, you know, he's got these Grinch socks and he wrote this poem about being the Grinch and, and whatever and they do these little interviews with the different coppers and whatnot and... Anyway, obviously I've seen these. It is possibly the most entertaining thing on Facebook right now. So I now feel like I know him. I feel like I know him. So I'm in my mini, like, which draws enough attention to itself as it is because it's ridiculous. It's got a sports kit on and everything, right? Because hashtag I'm not nearly 40. And I'm waving out the window at him. Oh yeah, you're right. And bless him. He turns around and waves back at me like he knows me. Now, he might listen to the podcast. I don't know. If you do scruffy, get in touch. But I don't think he does. He's just like, this clearly must happen to him a lot. And he's like, yeah, I must know her from somewhere else. <laughs> Please don't pull me over for speeding, Sergeant Harrison. Like, I, don't, I probably don't need that. <laughs> like, oh, my word. Like, you know you need to get among real people when your friends become like the local feds. <laughs> The Rosses and how your mates that you're not even you never in sports them don't know neither your mates so yeah anyway I hope Dave the albino ferret was returned to his rightful owner and um, that Charlie police are not having too much trouble managing the current flooding situation that we've got going on today bless them so yeah yeah crazy crazy in my knitting though when I'm not waving at the police and you know God bless them for keeping the Queen's police and all that they seem to get quite a lot. Like I've noticed, they get a lot of sweeties, like, you know, like the home bakers give them sweeties and they put that on the Facebook and I'm entirely sure that's so that they get more free sweeties. But we like to support our key workers. And, you know, a diabetic coma is, is as good a thing as any to do on a night shift when you're looking for the local poachers. So, yeah, I have been doing some knitting when I'm not waving at the police and I finished my snow heat. My Snowheed, which is a colourwork pattern for a beanie with the snowflake pattern 
on it. It's by Kate Davies. I'm now done with it. I really need to acquire my learning point from this, some DPNs to do hats on because I was doing magic loop with this and it was really aggravating when I was trying to do the floats and stuff across across the jump. Um, when you're turning around to go in the other side, I find that really quite irritating. Um, so I either need to get a smaller circular needle or try DPNs to do that instead. But I really like the finished results looking nice. So I'll get that on the block. And when it has been washed and, you know, fluffed out, I will take some pictures and share them with you in the Mighty Network. I might put them on my Insta, Pencil Kind of Mood Men, and on the show notes for the episode when it's done. Basically, I'll put them in there, which is really good. And finally, some Sockspiration. Sockspiration. I'm going to steal that as a hashtag, Sockspiration. It might already be in a hashtag, but I'm going to write it down anyway. Sockspiration. Like perspiration, but for socks. I've got some socks of the week for you. I thought for Socktober, I would pick some cool patterns, suggestions for you. For some socks, just some, you know, give you some ideas, bit of inspo, bit of fun. And today I have picked the Pranks Socks by Handma- Handmade by Heine. This lady's Finnish. Heine might not be the right pronunciation, but yeah, they are a colour work over the knee pair of socks for Halloween. Colour work socks. So they've got pumpkins on, they've got skulls on, they've got spiders on. They're just really funky and really cool. Their pattern is €6.90. You can get it from handmadebyhimey.fi. Go on Google Chrome because then you can Google Translate it because the website, 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 (laughs) who am I like Sean Connery? Website, the website is in Finnish. The website (laughs) is in Finnish. So obviously just go through Google Translate and you can read all of it and you can get it via her website. It is available on Ravelry as well. But I'm not going to be directing you to Ravelry where I can avoid doing so because they've still got their head firmed, wedged firmly up their own backsides of the accessibility issues. So they're not my favourite people at the moment. So yeah, that is the, or they are rather the Pranks Socks by Handmade by Heine. And links for that will be in the show notes and the show notes will be at shinybees.com forward slash 159. So that's all we've got time for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the randomness of the show. Don't forget to go and check out all of those sock resources if you are going to be joining in the Socktober Socky Fun and come over to the Shiny Bees community on Mighty Networks, shinybees.com forward slash community and join us for some nitty chat. Otherwise, I hope you'll have a lovely week. Happy crafting. And I will speak to you all again soon. Cheers. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode are at shinybees.com forward slash 159. And I would love to invite you over to the fantastic Shiny Bees podcast community on Mighty Networks. You can get there at shinybees.com forward slash community. I feel a need to laugh again with you if that's all right.